Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money Life podcast, episode 192 of the podcast. Before we get into the episode, wherever you're listening, make sure you like, subscribe, five star rate, and review on YouTube as well. If you're watching there, hit the notification bell and subscribe. We'll dive right into the market update first and foremost. Our market update. So right now the market's roughly flat. Uh, the the morning bell just rung for the market open. Yesterday was a slight recovery from two days ago, which um, was a, a, a strong pullback in the market. So let's go a little bit to the chart here. And we could even look at um, the last five days. Um, and you see in day three, um, the dip, which was the two days ago. Um, and of course, right now, we're roughly about flat as the market's open. And the dip a couple of days ago is because you know, if you look at treasury yields rising, bond yields rising, that's a, a big thing right now in the market. So bond yields, you know, work kind of opposite of equities or stocks or mutual funds in the sense that if long-term yields are rising, it usually means that equities will be choppy in the near term, at least um, um, in the near term, because assets are flowing to to more conservative um, investments. You can still buy you know, ETFs and funds that actually are invested in treasuries, which we've done for a lot of great folks. Um, so, and it's part of diversifying your portfolio, actually, in a sense, um, not in a sense, it really is. So that's the big thing that's happening. And the reasons why yields arise is because people think that there has to be some sort of, something has to break. Either we have a, a, a slowdown in the economy, a recession, or you know, inflation comes down significantly, which inflation isn't going to come down because we're getting conflicting job data that we're still um, seeing a lot of opening jobs. The jolts uh, number came in way stronger than expected. But then we saw the ADP number that showed that jobs were being lost. Um, then we got the weekless, weekly initial jobless, ca- uh, jobless claims numbers that came in at 207,000 for the week ended September 3rd. It's up just 2,000 from the prior week's numbers. Economists had forecasted a bit more at 210,000. So um, treasury yields ticked higher after the jobless came report. Um, it was last yielding 4.762% on the 10-year. Um, and so really that's just what's happening right now. We're going to see you know, more yields rise. Um, and those, one of those two things has to happen, um, for in the, in the near future. So I, I predict, you know, we see some sort of potential recession, um, coming up in the next, you'll see it, it'll be felt Q4, meaning late Q4, Q1, and it won't be announced till much later. That's usually what happens. Um, so, so that's a, a big, big thing that we're seeing right now in the markets. Again, um, it's, it's quite, it's going to be something to just watch, um, and be patient on as we see it play out over the next several months and good news. It looks like millennials are on track to retire. Um, much has been made over millennials missing, uh, financial misfortunes, but from soaring health care houses and, and education, that's the great recession impacts the salaries. Um, Gen Xers and Boomers, um, millennials are actually better prepared for retirement than Gen Xers and baby Boomers. A Vanguard Group study finds by the time the 37 to 41 year olds reach retirement, nest egg withdrawals and Social Security will replace about 60 percent of their pre-retirement income, compared to just 50 percent 
for older Americans. Okay, so it's saying. Okay, so it's saying that the amount people have saved um, will be enough or will be above and beyond um, in that millennial group. The amount that they saved will replace about 60% of their pre-retirement income compared to just 50% for older Americans, meaning they'll have much more saved, that it'll be able to cover more of their income when they start taking money out of their accounts. In comparison to the boomers that are retired, it's only covering about 50% of their prior income, pre-retirement income, so they have less spending um, power, less purchasing power in retirement, as opposed to what millennials potentially could have based on what they're saving, based on what's going on, you know, with people have strong investment strategies and different things of that nature. So um, that's good news for millennials. You always hear doom and gloom for millennials, right? It's like, oh, the world's falling apart. Oh, you can't buy this or that. But um, that's good news. I think millennials realize that one, you got to do something you're passionate about and good at, uh, good at first, and then second, hopefully passionate about. And two, man, this is just all a, a fun game, man. It's like, do what you need to prepare to provide and for your family. And then after that, it's, you know, save, invest, make sure you're living comfortably, but it's all a game. No one, no one's goals is the same as the other person. So it's like, what are you trying to do? I think millennials and Gen Z, is it Gen X or Gen Z? Which one's the younger ones? Um, Gen Xers. Yeah. Gen X. No, Gen Z. Gen Z is the young, the young, the young, uh, the wild ones. <laughs> They're really on that. They're just doing what they want to do. Um, utilizing social media, utilizing platforms, not a care in the world. I'll tell you that much. Not a care in the world. Shout out to Gen Z. Um, if they're even awake at 930 on the Easter Coast. Um, uh, but shout out to Gen Z. Uh, let's go to the private ADP uh payroll data. Wednesday, um, new hires fell by half to 89,000 in September from 180,000 in August. Um, so this is the ADP private payroll, and it showed that the growth in private payroll softened a little bit. A lot of this growth is coming from business services, but you're seeing professional services, business professional services um, tail off. But um, luxury, hospitality services, um, those things are still um, gaining, especially if you look at the holiday season. There's probably going to be a seasonality involved and a tick up there, but professional services are cutting. Um, as you see here, um, most of the gains were driven completely by service industries, uh, as we just talked about. Um, and ex there's going to be a, not a, really as much of a surge in professional and business job ads. So ADP said workers remaining in their jobs saw a medium pay increase of 5.9% in September from a year earlier, um, the lowest in two years. So again, increases are gone. Now, remember, people are just having crazy job increases seems to be slowing down here for a bit. Um, so we're looking, labor market's really, really crucial right now. And everyone's focused on this data because it's really crucial to see where inflation's heading, what the Fed may do, if what they're doing is having any hold on the economy right now. But um, it's going to be really, really crucial. That goes into our next point. Borrowing costs pose a risk to growth. So borrowing costs in the U.S. and borrowing costs, obviously lending, credit, um, any of those things, mortgage, borrowing costs in the U.S. and Europe have risen to their highest level in years. So this posing a new risk to the economy and parts of the financial system. The 10-year on the Treasury note recently at 4.8%. That's the highest since 2007. So we were just looking at the 20-year Treasury um, a little bit ago for the YouTubers, um, which is a little bit higher. So you usually see the longer 
term notes bonds be slightly higher um, in the yield and the rate than the shorter term bonds. That's what you usually see. Unless there's an inversion, then you'll see the higher notes, uh, shorter notes, shorter duration notes and bonds with a higher yield than the longer, which is, you know, obviously counterintuitive. That's called the inverted yield curve. Um, but in this case, we're seeing um, that start, the yield curve start to uninvert, um, which usually is, is pre-dating some sort of pullback or recession when we get that uninversion. Um, and so I'll say, I'll say this, borrowing costs are the highest we've seen in a while time. Remember the rates were 0.25%, the Fed funds rate, 0.25%. We haven't seen this rate increase for such a while. Um, it's been a long time. And so that means it's going to be hitting consumers with one, you know, harder to get credit, harder to get lend money, um, harder to, you know, the interest rates on the money that you have borrowed are going to be higher. Um, things like wages and things will slow down because companies are in a different phase. It's not a hyper growth phase because they're also borrowing. Companies also borrow money to grow, to expand, to do different things. And now the borrowing cost for companies is also large. So they take a slowdown. They see demand in this in the services that they offer slow down. So that also it's just a spiraling occurrence um in the economy. So it's gonna it the people are saying, can we get a soft landing? Can we decrease inflation without um hurting the economy or slowing the economy down too much? It's really, really hard to do. So um people are surmising that we won't be able to do that. Um, and there was another article that I wanted to talk about a little bit um, about that, if I can find it and just touch more on that. But in, in the interim, we have more um, just to talk about. Yes, strikes. So we were talking about last week with strikes. Um, I think I forgot which one we touched on last week, but now we have the largest healthcare strike in U.S. history. Um, so. Kaiser Permanente, it's a health um, health system that had more than 75,000 nurses, pharmacists, and other union employees begin a three-day strike. Um, it's the largest healthcare strike in U.S. history. They're attempting to force Kaiser to remedy a pandemic staffing shortage that they say is hurting patients and employees. So they're seeking, um, the two-thirds of Kaiser workers said that they were aware of medical care being delayed or denied because of understaffing. One union survey suggested um, and 11% of Kaiser's union positions were vacant as of this spring. Staffing concerns were also um, behind an NOIC nurses uh, strike earlier this year. Um, they said the U.S. is faking a, a healthcare worker shortage that um, 330, 330K quit in two, 2020 alone. By the early two, um, two, 2030s, the country could face a deficit of 300,000 nurses. So all people out there that think about being a nurse, want to be a nurse, that might be the gig for you. Um, so it's one of the, Kaiser's one of the obviously the largest U.S. healthcare providers. And they said its hospitals are going to remain open through the strike, staffed by replacement workers. Um, remember when the NFL refs went on strike and there was like replacement refs that like bungled a couple games? <laughs> Is that what we're going to see here with these replacement workers? Who'd they come from? Where were they? Were they just sitting on the sidelines? Were they doing something else? And then they just said, oh, okay, now I'm a nurse and a doctor. Where were they at before? Were they... Were they referees, lawyers, teachers, firefighters, and then just come like step in? I don't know. Scary stuff, scary stuff. But again, I said we'll see more strikes, and we are seeing that happen. Um, more strikes happening down the pipe. They're going to be much more as people are. There was a survey that I saw on CNBC that people are just fed up. 
they're fed up with working. They're fed up with having a boss. They were fed up with um, lower wages, they thought, um, and a lot of things. So there's a, it's coming to a head between employers and employees. What are the employers going to do? They know they don't want to raise wages because that means, oh, especially in time where demand is slowing, their margins get compressed. They lose um, net income or their net income starts to go down. Shareholders start to pull out. The stock goes down. So it's it's something that's going to be interesting to see how they replace workers with the AIs, the technology. What are we going to do? We're going to have to stay tuned to that because um, it's it's coming to a head very, very, very soon, um, as you can see with with what's going on. So we've talked about the Sam Brink, the Sam Baker Fried stuff. His hype has kind of died down. He's going on trial. Um, he's going on trial for the FTX thing. I want to keep an eye on it, see what he's hit with. I hope he's hit with a lot. Uh, we talked about that in depth many months ago. Um, so definitely we'll keep our eyes on that. Netflix news, it's nostalgic for them. They sent it's a, their last red envelope. They're cutting off the physical DVDs. Um, they're not collector's items. So if you never returned, I don't, I wish I had one of those. If you never returned one of your little Netflix red envelope um, DVDs, my dad was a beast at having those DVDs. He put me on to Netflix first. He was doing the Netflix and, red box and, and stuff way before they were cool way before they were popular he put me on the first netflix dvd he was really out there in the line he was really out there getting the mail <laughs> before it was cool before it was popular so they're shutting down the dvd biz which did anyone even know they still had it i didn't but that's cool to know your grandma and grandpa might have still been using the dvds they're still on that nostalgic you got to respect them for that um so that's that's pretty interesting news from their side of things, but um, nothing crazy on our side. Again, I, I, one topic of as far as you know what we're seeing here is saving, investing. The reason we why people do it, we talked about it in the first story about millennials doing well. Um, so the roundtable, quick roundtable. That's the reason why we in a f- want and we keep our clients accountable to save and invest, whether it's monthly, quarterly, when they have the ability to. Because it's really going to pay off down the line. People don't see it now. When you have that hardship, when you have that issue where you need funds, we actually help our clients get those funds because we've been able to save and invest for a while, for years. And now they have availability to have cushion to be able to take from their funds if they need to. But hopefully they're saving and investing even more. Um, so that's something to to note here. The reason why we do what we do um, isn't just for fun. It's because those funds are going to 100% be used later at a certain point to, to sustain living. So that's why we throw as much in there as we can. And we've helped over 450 households do that with tens of millions of dollars being invested by myself. Um, so yeah, we actually have a question that we're going to get to, and we're focusing on taxes this time around taxes. Um, let's run into it. Uh, let's see. I think this is an interesting one. We may have gone over one of them before, but this one, I don't think we've seen. Order these countries from highest to lowest tax rates. And the countries are United States, Germany, and Mexico. So highest to lowest. So I feel like the highest is going to be the U.S. And then I think it would be Mexico and then Germany. Order these countries from highest. And this is corporate tax or is this personal? If it's personal tax, it's highest U.S. I haven't heard anything about Mexico and taxes. So I'm going to say Germany next and then Mexico. But Germany, I feel like they would be... It's more of a, mm, mm. I'm going to actually, let me switch that up. I'm going to go Germany, United States, Mexico. 
boom, Germany, United States, Mexico, Germany comes in at 45%, United States at 37 at the top bracket, and Mexico 35%. Look at you, boy, getting it right this time uh, on the money. Um, let's let's go to the next one. How many states do not have a state income tax? This is the one I think we've gone over before. I think it's roughly six or seven states. I think it's like, was it Florida, South Dakota, Texas? I think it's one of the Wyomings or one of them out there. Um, 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 it's in Alaska. Alaska, I feel like, has no state income tax. Um, but that's all I could think about the top of my head. Am I missing any? There are eight states. Alaska, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee. I, I always forget that one. Texas, Washington. Oh, another one I forgot. And Wyoming is the one that in the no man's land that I couldn't remember. Wonder if I have any Wyoming listeners, ping me, let me know. Um, but that's a good one. That's another good one to note. Well, folks, thank you for listening. Of course, make sure you share, like, and subscribe and share this with your family and friends who need this. Um, and we'll talk next week.